Welcome to Chatting with Fate Accompli. I'm your host, Logan Wolf, and today I'm joined by my friend, my good friend, Scott Jameson. H-I. Hi, Logan. Hello. Sorry, I almost said just Hi, said audience. friend. I meant to say good friend. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about... Yourself. We're going to be talking about... I feel about better the, now. We're going to be talking about the crisis in the Middle East. And we're gonna, <laughs> New Year's resolution. We're being really political this year. Uh, Throwing it off. Oh, shit, I got to change my notes. <laughs> Scott, what do you think about Joe Biden, Mr. Biden, President Biden? What is your super honest fuck it whatever okay um so what do you think about joe <laughs> joe mama continue logan oh fuck god damn it right uh now that we've uh confused the hell out of everyone the actual welcome topic to 2022 today... <laughs> yeah, yeah welcome to 2022 um <clears throat> the actual topic of today is we are going to the first episode of 2022 is going to be talking about last year more specifically we're going to be talking about our personal pick for game of the year because the game well no just because it's the first thing of the year um we spent last we might episode as... talking about the coming year so now the best thing to do is to spin on our heels and look back <laughs> blurrily focused on last year <laughs> and what happened there yes as confucian said never look forward always back <laughs> that is how you seize victory that's sun Tzu. Hold on, wait. <laughs> you also said confusion. I did say confusion. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right, now that everyone is thoroughly confused, that's what we're going to be doing. So we're gonna kinda we're gonna start off. We're gonna keep keep you in a bit of suspense. Uh uh friggin' <laughs> we're sorry. Yeah. We are going to yeah, <laughs> we are going to um, talk about some of our honorable mentions first before we get into the our personal game of the years and then uh, why we believe that they are um, uh, worthy of I that. Worthy. And it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not just going to be like, oh, because I liked it the most. I mean, you know, obviously, because we're choosing it as game of the year. I feel like that is whatever, but we're going to give the reasoning behind it. What? So, <clears throat> Start off, Scott. Did you want to? You know what? You you give. Uh, I don't know how many honorable mentions you have, but give some honorable mentions and maybe why they didn't just, or maybe if you have a reason why they didn't, um, like, uh, hit that game of the year for you. Right. Well, I don't know how. Maybe some others will come to me, but definitely the one that came to my mind. For honorable mentions, a, a game I feel like I need to touch on a bit just from how many times I played it alone. Scott, we talked about this. We have <laughs> talked about this, actually. Be, Resident Evil be, Village. I knew that's what you are going to say, but I was going to say you can't, can't keep touching games. <laughs> We've talked about right. it. No, There's I'm a, a serial order. return. I'm a repeat <laughs> offender when it comes to Resident Evil Village. Yeah, you, you actually, but, you really are. Yes. Kind of I am. I've played it quite a few <laughs> times. I gleefully earned the Platinum Trophy. But we've already talked a lot about Resident Evil Village. If you want a lot of talking about Resident Evil Village, and I mean a lot, we have an episode about this. I think back in the end of May, was it posted? Or the beginning of June? Sometime Sometime around there, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Logan and I shared our very deep thoughts about the game, so you can go in there. But just to touch on it a little bit here, I do enjoy Resident Evil Village. It's a pretty fun game, obviously, because I'm mentioning it here. But as far as it goes for game of the year, I didn't really consider it 
for a few yeah. reasons. <clears throat> kind of touched on this before, but Resident Evil Village is fun, but it's really a mixed bag, like the actual definition of mixed bag. There yeah. are some really fun parts of Resident Evil Village. There are also some parts that... Some garbage parts. <laughs> they could have used more TLC. It almost feels channel? like there's an attempt to... It almost feels like there's an attempt to make a sort of be-all, end-all Resident Evil title in terms of gameplay mechanics, in terms of plot. But the end result is just unfortunately underwhelming. And I feel like in trying to tie so many aspects of the series together, Village just lacks a certain identity unto itself. It's like it's got parts that worked really well, like Resident Evil 4's inventory system, Resident Evil 7's first-person perspective, and general claustrophobia. But as a result, I just don't know how much I can point to Village, you know? Like, that's something that's unique to Village. There are aspects, like the uh, some of the cast of characters. I can but give by you and one. large, I can give you one, and I'm not going to say it because I know you could think of it. I know you can close your eyes and envision it. The absolute bullying of Ethan Winter's hands. <laughs> <laughs> His poor hands. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it's cold, too. They're going to get all chapped. It's in the yeah. chappy season. Oh, man. But yeah, Resident Evil Village is fun, but it feels like it's not fully formed despite its aspirations. Maybe it's overambitious. Maybe it should have been more ambitious. But I played it a lot, though. I played it like I've probably clocked in over 40 hours in it. I played there multiple times. It's definitely fun, but it has some pretty glaring faults that for me just kicked it out of game of the year running. Yeah. And so I had, but I had to mention it just from how much I played it. Logan, do you want to go ahead and talk about yeah you know what i'll just i'll just because actually my first was also going to be resident evil village um uh which you didn't even technically play which makes it funny yeah and again scott mentioned we have a i believe like a three hour in-depth review of that game uh for one of our episodes so if you really want to know our opinions it's over there but yeah pretty much i agree uh I don't want to repeat Scott's points, but I'll also just say in terms of uh, the originality problem, I suppose, or the identity problem, uh, for me, it borrows way too much from Resident Evil 4. And the whole thing with that, and it was probably amplified for us because we, I think the day before Village release, we literally finished playing Resident Evil 4. If not the day before, it was very close. Like definitely within a week's time. (laughs) Yeah. And going through village it was it was very samey like it like and again yeah. it was very possible because of just the timing but i don't feel like maybe it was just more apparent to us but it didn't really hold any nostalgia it was more so like oh it's just this again cool mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah that's that's the and then the second half of the game is honestly i i think or at least the Section three of the game is very weak to mediocre at best. So uh, section four ain't uh, catching many suitors. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it at that. So yeah, uh, I can. So that was one. I guess I'll just go into my other honorable mentions. So my honorable mentions are kind of weird. Um, you know what? No, I'll do my not weird one, and then my kind of weird ones that are just to me. Um, so one of my honorable mentions is actually Overcooked All You Can Eat. <laughs> because Oh yeah. Was that 2021? Just... Yeah. Yes. All right. I-, I pulled it up on the list. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um 
and just double so, check it, just make sure. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, so right uh that game's actually pretty is super fun it's overcooked um i will say if i didn't have the boys to play it with it definitely wouldn't be on my list but because you can play it with the boys uh you can it's the it's, boys, the boys. <laughs> it's it is a lot of fun um but the reason it's not game of the year is because it that's all it is it's just kind of like dumb fun right. not that a dumb fun game can't game of the year but it's really lacking well any story whatsoever um no man you gotta feed eh. spaghetti or something it's great <laughs> you have to build your skills as a chef it's a, it's yeah making it's, salad on a moving vehicle and then trying, volcano he's trying not to strangle your friends as you try and work a kitchen together <laughs> usually with hazards that are detrimental to your uh progress and usually um, shouting things at each other, you wouldn't want to hear real chef shouting <laughs> in a restaurant you are visiting. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 really fun. Um, and the, the reason there's another reason that's on here that's a little indicative of my view of last year, but we'll save that till um, after. So that will just be it, it's a stupid fun game, but it lacks story, it lacks narrative, it lacks a lot of other things that I view as criteria for a game of the year. It lacked a good revenge subplot. Yeah, exactly. It's not The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Knowing that that was 2021, though, I thought it was the end of 2020. I'm mistaken. Definitely, yeah, that's a good honorable mention. Yeah. I typically don't like to give that much to multiplayer generally, just because anything becomes more fun with friends. True. But there's a difference when the game is actually designed around friends and really requires having other people around to make the most of its systems. And Overcooked is definitely that. It's an amazing multiplayer game. For sure. But like you said, that's kind of all it is. If you don't have friends, then don't play Overcooked. I'll be straight up. Don't do it. Yeah, honestly. If you have the boys, (laughs) absolutely. Or the girls, whoever you want. Or however, whoever, however, play with them, not with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> don't play with yourself. Not an overcooked. It's 2022. Don't play with yourself. Yeah. New Year's resolution. Come on, people. Friends. Uh, Scott, Gamers. do you have more honorable mentions to go over? As far as like serious contenders, I'm not, <clears throat> I don't think so. There were some fun games this year. Like, I know it's not yeah. a great game, but I had some fun with the uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite. That's another fun game where if you play it with friends, but again, it's if you play it with friends. And that is a situation yeah. in which, you know, it's not really necessary to play it with friends to make the most of it. It's, it's just dumb alien shooting. But Yeah, and it's also a very much one-and-done game. Like, right. you play through the whole campaign once, and then maybe you do it a second time, and then you're just like, Meh. Right, it lacked <laughs> a little bit of that remixing. It had, like, similar games yeah. very addictive. Exactly. It yeah. just felt a little stiff and a little <sighs> bit simplistic, but yeah. fun for what it was. Yeah, and, uh, still is. it's not changed that much. And there's yeah. new content that they do drop in it. But so I don't think they've actually added new game. levels, right? Or have they? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's mostly been classes, but could be wrong. Yeah. I'm not going back to it anytime soon, though. Yeah, so. I'm not either. So, <laughs> <laughs> Anything uh, else for you, Logan? I Well, in terms of, and again, this is an issue that had plagued this year. Um, and actually, the, I think I feel like the last couple of years, the only other mentions that are like serious would be 
um, Guilty Gear Strive or Melty Blood, but that's just because they're really fun fighting games. Um, but again, they're, that's like, I would feel weird giving that game of the year because neither of their stories are actually like bad either. Um, they're fairly convoluted and you have to read like a hundred pages to understand what the fuck is going on. But like, once you get past that, like Guilty Gear story mode is literally, I think just like a four hour fucking movie. I haven't even watched it yet. I'll be honest. I just like looked up summaries because I'm like, (laughs) no, um, which kind of sucks, but you know, whatever. Uh, but like. I don't know. It, it it feels weird to me because it, uh, are they good games? For, to me, yes. I absolutely love both of them. They're both really fun. I really enjoy both of them um, despite how salty they make me in the moment. Um, I They are still really good. Um, the story, they do have, they technically have all the criteria that I need to give something game of the year, but I don't know. There's just something that makes it really weird for me to give a fighting game game of the year. Right. Um, it would have to be a really dry year because sh- the story is fine for what it is. And it does have some good moments, but it's also like a convoluted mess yeah. that like you really need to be paying attention to. And it's just like, okay. It also doesn't help that Guilty Gear's been around for like 20 years, so you literally have like 20 years of lore. Actually, same with Melty Blood. Melty Blood's been around for a fuck ton long time too, so like literally like a decade of like games building. It, it They're really good, but um, I don't feel comfortable giving it Game of the Year. If a fighting game got Game of the Year from me, it's because it's been really dry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely definitely like actually a serious contender but i don't know there's just something about it that i'm just like mm, i don't know yeah okay scott you want to give your actual game of the year now that we get through the honorable mentions hey guys welcome back to the game awards uh 2021 uh we are just as valid as jeff's is that his name jeff keely hey jeff yeah we're just as valid as you for giving out your fucking game award so hey we're gonna do our own and so everyone knows we are our opinions are just as good as jeff's because jeff definitely does it himself he picks them all out himself that is how it works call the awards keely's damn it (laughs) i want to win at keely why aren't they called that (laughs) that would actually be so good we're gonna spiral back (laughs) in this conversation just calling it the game awards is so dumb <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. let's put let's let's pull things back a bit. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, this is our this is Fate Fate Accomplice yeah. Game Awards. You can win a a fady. These games win the fady. <laughs> <laughs> we'll reach out to the developers and say, hey, you want a fady, and they'll be like, win what? an accomplice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can give out the accomplice. I'll give out the fady. There we go. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right. Well, when I go out to crown an accomplice, I like to uh, I like to pick one I feel just really good about, you know, yeah. like some games. It's like, well, this was really good, but this was kind of, you know, not so good, I, yeah. I guess, with the whole mixed bag thing, but not really. Yeah. So there was really only one game this year that really stood out to me as feeling just 
I just felt good. Like I felt like it did what it wanted to do and it did it well and very fun. Obviously that's why I'm nominating it. And that was Ratchet and Clank to Rift Falling. <laughs> Logan, my moment stolen from me. No, but my entry would follow it in the phone book. Returnal developed by oh. Housemark Studios and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment for the PS5. Returnal is kind yeah. of a mix of things, I suppose. It's a third-person shooter crossed with bullet hell action. And I'm not joking. It's The amount of projectiles that you will face in this game is ridiculous. And it's all wrapped up in roguelike elements. So the story, very thinly, is that you are an astronaut named Celine. She crashes on a planet. And every time she dies on this planet, because it's not a very safe planet, <laughs> she returns to the crash site of her ship. And the entire planet's geography has changed, and everything she found on her explorations is lost. So the idea is you just have to continue through this cycle, exploring, killing enemies, until you can finally survive through a cycle long enough to see the end. And it's going to be an uphill battle, because Returnal is a very fast and intense action game. You have a lot of movement options and an incredible top speed compared to some other PlayStation games, I'll say. Being able to sprint as fast as you can in Returnal is amazing. Selene is like 50 years older than Ellie from Last of Us and moves at like 50 times the speed. It's incredible. <laughs> Absolute power works. queen. Uh, but it, it's got a lot of simple elements to it between do jumping, dodging, meleeing, and then bang, 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 bang. But there are so many enemies. It's going to be an intense fight in almost every room. There are so many projectiles to keep track of, so many little things you have to be aware of in your kit, like single-use consumables mm. to give you a bit of a bonus in the moment. And what I can basically just shorthand is Gears of War's adaptive reload mechanic, mm. because you can overheat your weapons, but if you nail it just right, you can recharge it very quickly. I actually didn't know that uh, that was in that. It is in that, and it mm. is having to manage that out. <clears throat> while this screen is literally being filled with <laughs> entire laser shows, it is intense. There, there is no half-assing in Returnal. It is a challenging game. So admittedly, it's not the most accessible for like casual gamers. Yeah. But if you That's have, not what we care yeah. about out here, Scott. <laughs> but for us, crushing my Mountain Dew, if you have hardcore gamer instincts, it's a very satisfying action game. It's one of those games that it's basically set up to train you to kick its own ass. And it's going to do that by kicking your ass. It do, it's, you lose a lot. I'd argue that it's almost more punishing than outright difficult. Just a little bit of exploration. You can kit yourself out pretty good. But you lose like everything when you die. This isn't like some roguelikes, like maybe Hades, where you can buff up yourself up slowly from just like picking stuff up as you go and then coming back and turning in that currency to upgrades. No, you lose almost everything except for like some permanent movement upgrades you can use to kind of get your way back to later areas. And some of these runs can go on for a couple hours. It's pretty common to have like two hours of progress just completely torpedoed just because those freaking drones will not die. I swear <laughs> those drones, I hate them. I see them in my dreams. They are not pleasant dreams. Okay, so what you're telling me was that this is the Dark Souls of roguelike version <laughs> This is similar to the Dark Souls of roguelike games. So it's a, it's a very intense, exciting action game, but at the same time, it uses downtime really well. It has elements of you know exploration as you search side rooms. 
there are bonus areas which can because it's roguelike all of the content is procedurally generated and as such you know you could enter a room and it's got just a bunch of weapons or maybe it'll lock you in with a boss good luck with that <laughs> but it always it sets it allows the player to set a pace for themselves with these moments of downtime so you can have as pure a rush as just constant action or as slow and carefully doled out as you want all this wrapped up in a story that's not uh not clear i'll say that much <laughs> it's definitely a gameplay forward game but the elements of the story yeah. that are there are really interesting there's almost like a modern myth aspect to some of the some of the story with how it's doled out and there's a pretty cool twist that i will not spoil around the second act that keeps things really interesting throughout and the whole aspect of handling the death of the main character so frequently is actually something that Returnal does really well and it makes for a pretty interesting time loop story if not the most clear <laughs> she finds there out are, in the second half that she's not Celine, she's Brienne of Tarth. What the fuck? Game of Thrones. And then Peter Dinklage comes up and he's just like, Guardian, we have to. Eyes <laughs> up, Guardian. <laughs> just so you know what we're dealing with. <sighs> oh god, I miss yeah. I missed the Dinklage bot. Sorry, go yeah. on. <laughs> right. No, Returnal is a very satisfying, intense action game that I enjoy. There are a few things that I'm not too jazzed with it about it. I feel I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. It's because there's Brianna Tarth in it, you fucking misogynist. <laughs> Joke's on you. I didn't read that far in the books. No. Got him. But the, uh, well, the first criticism I had throughout most of the year was that the game didn't have a proper save system. Uh, it, it's pretty ballsy, I'll admit, to say like, hey, no, you're finished the game when we say you're finished. You're going to go play with your friends? Good job. You're starting it back at the beginning, idiot. <laughs> you that could is, not <laughs> stop your returnal run. So if you wanted to close the game to you know, play a different game or you know, you're just done for the evening, the best you could do was just use the system's rest mode. So you could just basically pick up right where you left off. Mm. On the one hand, it's ballsy, and I get it. I get what they were trying to do here. You know, it, it's locking you into the cycle with Celine. That's pretty hardcore. But at the same time, when I'm done for the evening and, you know, I have to choose between rest mode and turning off the console, the difference is that if the power goes out, if the golf club I swinging accidentally hits my <laughs> PS5 too hard, then there goes all my progress. <clears throat> but then they went and patched in a save system, so I'm irrelevant again. Oh, okay. It's very simple, too. You just, like, suspend your cycle. And you're like, okay, bye. And then you can just Why'd you mention it? <laughs> because it was... It's, I have to get it out. <laughs> they fixed it. Uh, there's some, and then there's just some other little nitpicky stuff that just comes with roguelike stuff generally. Like how, yeah, it's like how far you get in a run is partially dependent on skill. And I would say in this one, especially because it's such a frenetic experience. But at the same time, a lot of it also comes down to luck. Just finding a weapon that you can use to kill those drones, those drones I hate. <laughs> and there are some pretty busted stuff you can get on your weapons you can get leech rounds on the assault rifle you're cheating you're cheating straight up <laughs> you're healing as you do damage you're cheating and so it's stuff like that like if you get that gun you're pretty much set if you don't get that gun you're not set and there's only so much that skill can do to bridge that you know yeah but that's typical for like roguelike stuff you know there's only so yeah. much skill and so much and people will say like no it's all skill. no it's mostly luck <laughs> and then you know that kind of goes in tandem with the fact that some of the risk reward stuff the game poses 
is not worth it straight up. Just don't bother. There's stuff that you can interact with that you can like, hey, you could get a cool thing from this chest, but you have to risk getting the icky. Here's the strategy. Go to the next room and find a chest without the icky. There you go. (laughs) Boom. Done. Got it. Right. There's no reason because if even if you get the icky, you just have to like jump through a few hoops to cure yourself. It's just not really worth the hassle, mm. especially considering some of the things they offer is just not worth it. Mm. Like, oh boy, I get the currency stays alive for like 0.2 seconds before disappearing, but you can't jump. Like, oh no, <laughs> there's no benefit there. <laughs> so that falls flat a bit. Maybe they could have played that up with like making it super sexy gear that would give you a super big advantage but in exchange for a big deficit so it's just not worth bothering and then you know some of the story stuff is a lot of hold up to continue and I'd, which is what we love here this is what gets the release from us this is what earns the accomplice <laughs> award but barring all of that i still really enjoy returnal it's the kind of game that i would thought you know i'll play a bit and then I'll just, you know, maybe turn in early. And then I'm playing for like an hour, hour and a half longer than I thought I was. Just because mm-hmm. I want I want to prove this game. I can do it. I can beat it. I'm better than you, game. Yeah. It is, it's one of the best action games I've played in the recent memory. And definitely the most fun I've had with a PlayStation exclusive in a long while. Mm-hmm. And that is why it is my game. That's why Mario Party 2 is the best game ever. Super Mario Party, baby. <laughs> that's we, that's no, that's Family Feud. Why did I? <laughs> All right, right. Do we want another game show jingle, or Logan? Do you want to share your game of the year? <gasps> I will <laughs> share. <laughs> Who gets the uh, acclaimed Fady? Um, better than the Accompli because it is the first letter in the name. Um, sorry, first word in the title, not the name. I don't, I'm like alphabetically. I win again. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my game of the year was actually really easy because I had a moment of like. While I was looking through the list, I was just like, damn, what will be my game of the year? And I was like, wait a minute. I know exactly what it's going to (laughs) be. Mine, to probably no one's surprise when we've had our Game Awards episode, uh, if you've listened to that, you you might want to go listen to that. Uh, Not for context, but just do it. Um, Go wait. Go do it. Yeah, yeah, we will wait. Okay, I'm assuming you're back after (laughs) after listening to that one. Uh, my game of the year is going to be Tales of Arise. That's what? My... Oh, boy. <laughs> to everyone, shock, horror, disbelief, Pages. vomit, screaming, crying. Game of the year for me goes to Tales of Arise. Uh... It, is... it is the only game this year where when I, I played it uh, every day for like at least two hours for like two weeks because it took me like no it took me like 60 hours i think to beat the normal story and i I was also doing side stuff but it was it's like a i right now i'm at like 70 hours and i haven't touched it in a while just because um i'm like an end game stuff and then i also got distracted with other 
uh, games, but it was the first game in a very, very long time where I picked it up and I did not like I legitimately wanted to go back and play the game like and I finished it all the way through. And there are games that I really like, for instance, like Hollow Knight, where I really like the game, but I just I haven't finished it yet. But Tales of Arise was a game that kept me coming back day after day until I finally actually finished it. And then like another week after that, I kept playing it to do endgame stuff. <clears throat> uh, it's a really fun uh, JRPG. Um, it has all the criteria that I go for. Um, honestly, a big reason why, because the gameplay, the gameplay is interesting. It's fun. You do have to kind of strategize because there's different monsters that are not only weak to different elements, but also each one of your team members has a unique ability that can counter specific enemy types. So you kind of have to play around that. And then like, you know, typical JRPG, there's like a damager, there's a melee person, there's a healer, there's a mage, there's all that other kind of jazz. So you can kind of set that up who you want. You can also play as anyone you want. And everyone has a very different play style. So it was fun to kind of explore around with people. Uh, the, gra the grand fixed look really nice so that was good um but the tales series has always been known for strong character writing and strong story writing and they have at least in terms of the tales games that i've played they have yet to falter <clears throat> in that all the characters are very what i want to put this not relatable relatable is not the right word they feel like real like they're actual people, not like one dimensional bullshit or whatever. Um, the game paces it out um, and they do, they do a pretty good job of having characters go through an arc um, because the game also, they see, the game also touches on a lot of heavier subjects than you would probably expect from a JRPG. Like that they talk, they issue slavery and racism and like race relations and the whole like there's a whole they do not shy away from the darker subjects and they also don't really i guess the story doesn't pussyfoot around in terms of having consequences for like in a lot of JRPGs, you know, it's well, maybe that's wrong, but I guess in a lot of stories like that, you would expect, oh, and then the heroes won in the end and managed to save people from the consequences. Uh, nope, there's a lot of points in this story where you'd think they'd go the stereotypical route and they shove you to the other side. They're just like, oh, you thought that this person was going to get a heartfelt speech before, I don't know, they died or did something or whatever. Nope, they're just dead. Like, that's it. And the characters have to deal with that. And I love that. It's great. Um, <clears throat> so the narrative is really strong. The characters are really well written, like they usually are. Um, the world is really expansive and fun to explore. There's a lot of side stuff. Uh, the, there's the typical, if you really like JRPGs, it's pretty good. They got the typical like big bosses that you got to have your team prepared for and get buffs and all that other kind of jazz. Like you can really tailor the game to how you want to play it. Um, and yeah, then uh, there's a lot of nice twists and turns. And uh, now I will say, and the soundtrack is uh, great. Um, I will say that you don't from to get game of the year from me, you don't 
necessarily need fantastic voice acting, but it definitely doesn't hurt you when you do. <laughs> and this game has very good, very especially for the English, because a, a lot of people, when they play games like this, like Eastern games, they're like, oh, the English dub is like, bleh. <laughs> you got to listen to the superior Japanese dub. But um, those people are usually... <laughs> Is not necessarily unfounded, but in this case, they're dead wrong. So don't listen to anybody that says that. They're idiots. Make the judgment for yourself. Um, because the voice acting, I played the whole game in English. All the voice actors, voice actors, Jesus, voice actors do a fantastic yeah. job. Um, there's a lot. Well, maybe not a lot, but there's uh, definitely several emotional scenes that um, one of them legitimately horrified me because i this actress sounded like the soul was being ripped out of her body and that was just horrifying um so yeah that's all it's all good doesn't shy away from heavier subjects i the only issue that i really have with it um is the combat's not as probably great as it could be it's still fun probably the best in the series but it's nothing I guess you could say spectacular. Um, and then the ending is... It, it's fine. It's a bit... It's... it's For my taste, it's a bit too happy. Like, like, like the typical happy of like, and then they saved the world. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's really the only issue. And I don't even necessarily have a problem with that. But just for me, I was like... Could have had a bit more consequences, but eh, it's fine. I'm happy how it turned out. Um, and yeah, no, I'm just a, just a big fan. Uh, yeah, no, and it's yeah. So that's that is my that is why I'm giving the fady to. All right, I'm still reeling from the shock. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, so that that is the fady and the accompli. Thank you for joining our uh, game Yay. awards that are super legitimate as any other award given by anyone else. I um, bet we could get them up. It's if we tried. We, we maybe. I bet we could uh, get like Pepe Lepron. <laughs> Probably. Then we'd get canceled. Uh, anyways. <laughs> That's Pepe Le Pew you're thinking of. Uh, you know what? That is who I'm thinking of. Well, uh, knowing Pepe Lepron, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> In any case. So we're just, and then, okay, so what we're going to do now after we gave those out, um, and I apologize that my uh, explanation of Game of the Year is not as eloquent as Scott's. I am not a schooler. Um, <laughs> in any case, we're going we're gonna to give our thoughts in terms of the year in general. And I, I'm, I'm honestly going to give my thoughts first because. Go right I, ahead. I've been kind of, I've been kind of, uh, I kind of mentioned before that the, there's a kind of a specific reason why like Overcooked and Guilty Gear and Melty were like my honorable mentions. So that was those would be like my other top picks. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't know if this is just a me thing or if it's just been a weird couple of years. I feel like games have been really dry lately, like the market, like there's nothing that's been like wow this is incredible to me it's all just been kind of like meh whatever standard like mm. casual like mediocre stuff 
and then every once in a while throughout the year a game that's like act like that well that for me that i think is like excellent comes out like tales of her eyes like guilty gear like melty blood well i mean those two other two are fighting games and i just judge that on how well i enjoy the fighting game aspect so i suppose take that with a grain of salt but tales of arise there's I, I, I don't know if you've done this as well scott i find myself playing games and not necessarily just from like 2020 either i find myself playing a lot of games that are like very old like I, I don't know what it is like for instance probably one of my more played games in terms of like first person shooters this year was team fortress 2 that game's like a fucking decade old <laughs> more than mm-hmm. a decade old and I played it a lot more than most of the titles that came out this year or last year for that matter. Yeah. And I don't know. It just, it feels like I, at least for me in terms of my interests, there's been just such a dry spell where it's like maybe two or three games a year actually interest me to the point of, wow, that's definitely my game of the year. I, I, <sighs> I don't know. Do you feel yeah. like do you feel the same way or I don't know? I I I do. I feel like this year especially was just I I think dry is a good word for it cuz I mean like yeah. look at the uh, all of the games nominated for the Keeley of the year, you know? Oh my god. Uh, like <laughs> I didn't play it's for all of the like and I didn't know Psychonauts 2 was a thing. I thought it was a <laughs> joke or not a joke. I thought it hadn't yeah. come out yet. Right. But the thing is, like, even just like last year, comparatively, say yeah. what you will about The Last of Us Part Two and similar games. Thank you, we have. But <laughs> yes. it, it was a, it was big. There was buzz around it. Not all positive, not all negative, but there was yeah. like conversation about it. It felt pretty big, and even stuff like Animal Crossing and Hades. I'll be, I'll even say, Doom. These were big stuff. Doom, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. These were games that it felt like really people were talking about. They felt big. Yeah. And I feel like I look at the list this, For this year. year or last, last year. So sorry. Oh my goodness. I did. I did the verbal equivalent <laughs> of writing 21 instead of 22. I'm going to be doing that for like, Oh yeah. Oh, this is for a, a bit. Yeah. Strap in. Yeah. But I remember looking at the list for Achilles of the year nominations and thinking, oh, I think I said it aloud too. That's it. Huh? Yeah. Like this year, I didn't feel like there was any like super strong contender. There are good games that were nominated for sure. Yeah, but that's just kind of what they were like. Even something like that was just pretty positive, like It Takes Two or Metroid Dread. It was just kind of okay, like they're yeah. good. But I don't know. I just maybe I'm just not in the right circles. But I felt like that it was just a really, even the best of this year were just like good. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I agree. And even like I don't, I'd enjoy Rift Apart. I don't enjoy Rift Apart very much. But there are a lot of people that do, and even still, all those people who do enjoy Rift are wrong. And correct, kind of worried on. about snubbed <laughs> are wrong. But they were saying <laughs> they're like only defensive. It was like, oh, it was just fun. It was just a good yeah. time. You yeah. know, like it, it. The world was not shaken this no, year, and it doesn't need to be shaken every year. But it just felt particularly dry. And I do see this as kind of like a trend you're saying. Yeah. And I'll be honest. Maybe part of it is just at this point we don't have generational jumps anymore like we used to yeah like there always true. used to be something super big popping for games you know like yeah. with, with multiple generations you get 
in the seventh generation HD graphics, things are looking great. The PS4 generation, mamma mia, that is a sabaisimi <laughs> tabala. Yeah. And then you definitely have aspects of that with this current console launch, but <clears throat> not as much. Like we've talked about this, I think, when we talked about checking in with the PS5 like six months later. Yeah. And even when we were talking about the PS5 initially, it's mostly just like a quality of life thing at this point. Yeah, it really right. is. Games looked good last generation and they look good now. Yeah. But I think that there's a certain luster that's kind of slipping away from us a bit. You know? Yeah. And maybe it's just because we're in that savage hinterland between console generations. And yeah. so there's nothing much that can really push stuff like the PS5 and Xbox Series X super hard quite yet, just because there's also still supporting the last generation. Yeah. Like Halo came out. It also came out on Xbox One. And the upcoming yeah. God of War Ragnarok even. That's not escaping PS4 quite yet. Yeah. So maybe that's just a side effect. Or maybe it's just, you know, a more persistent symptom of just being at kind of a weird part of gaming's See, growing upping. My issue, though, isn't necessarily that there's still that it's like a generational thing. I just think in terms of games that I don't know. And again, it could be also that I'm not in the right circles. Games where, I don't know, where they change something up, they do something crazy, they do something spectacular. I feel right. like we're getting less and less and less of those games that are willing to be brave and try something new. Like Returnal is like pretty fucking unique. Like it's a third person roguelike, whatever the hell else you said. Right. There's not, there's like not a lot of other games on the market, and it had a lot of positive reception, all that other kind of jazz. I don't know technically how well it sold. Um, I mean, obviously, it, it did pretty well for a new IP. Okay, well, it hit and, a million pretty quickly. Okay, and that's good because I want to see more of that. But I right. feel like so many games nowadays are just so cookie cutter standard. Right. And and like, don't get me wrong, I'm all for getting more people into gaming because I really like having more people in gaming. But the downside to that is developers stop trying and stop trying to innovate because they just want to appeal to the largest audience possible. And doing that does not leave room for innovation or right. um, creativity. Like people are no longer, mm. that's the issue, I think. People are trying to appeal to a more of a wider audience rather than a niche anymore. And those niche games are the ones that are generally like, you'll never see a super mainstream game be more spectacular than a game that was created for a certain audience for a certain, I don't know, and not system, but for like a certain audience, like a niche audience, like in very heavily pinpointed towards that audience. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but the people that the tea is for are drowning in it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, it's mm. well kind of riffing off of that you know yeah. i do think that still there is that kind of generational aspect to look at it because for the past two generations what's really become solidified is this whole presentational storytelling focus yeah oh god like, it, taking players on an experience and so yeah. having that great presentation and uh, production value that's true but then just yeah. kind of letting the gameplay hold back a bit because that's what's been attracting a lot of people to gaming these yeah. days like basically the ps4 generation on we hit a tipping point especially in regards to 
you know, I'll blame The Last of Us. There I, I was going to say, yeah, I also blame that. And right. again, the thing that sucks is The Last of Us 1 is a fantastic fucking game. It's so good. Yes. But the damage it did well. to, to games afterwards is just it's just so it's right. just such it has such an effect where it and not a and and it's still I, I, we're still in kind of the mode of, of chasing it of that yeah. kind of like presentational experience focus yeah but we are two generations deep into this by now and that's kind of still where we are you know yeah and yeah there are more people coming into gaming and maybe that's what we're trying to push as like the introduction like this is what games could be Oh, I very well. But again, be. you know, it's just a quality of life step up, especially from the last generation. So I just don't feel like the dazzle is there anymore. Scott, you know what I've been... maybe stagnating a little bit. You know what I've been playing for like the past couple of weeks? Ape Escape 2. Yeah. No, I've been playing Dungeon Fighter Online. That's like a 15-year-old game that looks like a retro beat-em-up game, but I've been playing that. Because and it's like, well, it's also it's like a beat-em-up MMO, like weird kind of mixture. It's super old. Like it's one of the oldest, it's a super old game from I think some developer in China. I don't know. It was it's like I think like at least a decade old. And I've been playing that more than probably any other game this week. Because or not this week, for the past while, like that's why I haven't been on PlayStation so much, is because I've really been enjoying that. But it's like a 15-year-old game. and But nothing from 2021 has been able to hold my attention like that. Because as much as I love Tales of Arise, it's a single-player game. And I've done right. most of it. Like, I do have some end-game end content that I can still do. But beyond that, like, once I finish that, it's done. So I'm taking my time. So it's like, whatever. But there's not a lot of 2021 games. Like, I get... <laughs> and I've been playing... Uh... I've been playing Honkai. That's like a seven-year-old game. That's that's a live service game, so it's still being updated to this day. Actually, both of them are. But again, they were made years ago. And they have more of a hold on me than a lot of other games coming out this year. Sorry, last year. <laughs> Keep doing it. Like, yeah. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I, and I... There's just it, and I'm not again. I'm not trying to be like the oh, it's because of the casuals and the mainstream, but that is something that happens when something like a hot, like a niche hobby becomes mainstream. It becomes way more casual. It becomes way more marketed and pushed towards a broader audience, which, in my opinion, really slows down innovation and experimentation because nobody wants to do the crazy thing that may or may not work they want to do the safe thing that's going to earn them money and you know that's fair enough but for the audience that sucks <laughs> like amazing like super creative amazing games have been a lot fewer and far farther between so it's just like mm, it's rough and then i've also seen oh my god scott there i I, oh. I was watching i can't remember what it was but i was watching someone watching like uh, a witcher trailer for the first time and two things immediately just irked me when the people were watching one one guy said it looked like game of thrones and that just made me want to throw my fucking computer out the window and i was just like even off major game of thrones vibes and i had to remind myself that 
this is their first exposure to it. So they probably only have like Game of Thrones and that's probably all they know about fantasy. And I was just like, okay, I have to. Hmm. Uh, and then someone else, it, it, then there's a lot of people that say, oh man, that's so cool. I wish that like, I'd watch a movie of that. It's just like, please don't say that. <laughs> please don't say that. Not about games. That never goes over well. Like it's, it's just, it's never good. And it's just like, uh, I don't know. There's just something that irks me about that where people are like, wow, that'd be a really cool movie. And it's just like, it's an amazing game. We don't need a two hour adaptation of a 60 hour game. Please do not say shit like that. Squeeze it in. I, I understand it's again, because they're not really involved in the community and that's what they're used to. So that's probably what they would want to see it in. But it's just like, it's those people that are now getting into the mainstream gaming that a lot of companies are now trying to appeal towards. And, you know, again, you want to get the widest audience possible, but I think it's really, I think it's really messed with the, um, I don't know, ability and slash or willingness of at least the bigger developers that have the budget to do that and, you know, survive a failure to actually try and innovate and create something new. So well, this is where the indie games come in and where yeah. some of the most interesting stuff is happening these days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because But the thing yeah. is, and I kind of mentioned this in the Game Awards conversation we had. Yeah. It almost feels like indie games get tokenized a bit these days. Oh, we abs- no, for sure. They absolutely. I was about to bring it up. Uh, yeah. To the point no, at they- which it's like, oh, we, yeah. we let's all observe the one indie game. <laughs> that, you know, Cuphead, Hades, these indie games that are very good. Among These are amazing us. games. I love Cuphead and I love Hades. Amogus, Sussis. <laughs> but then that's like yeah. the one. No, yeah. And then no and then no, no other indie game gets attention. No, yeah, absolutely. We all yeah, give we it have Best a- Indie Game Award and then mm-hmm. we all return to our burrows and slumber yep. for another 10 months. Yeah. There's usually, yeah, one indie game that takes over for the year, which, g- great for them. No, like genuinely, great for them. All of the games that we just mentioned are... Uh, really good games even if one of them has been absolutely mean to death um yeah well it was memed into success and still very successful but i'm sick of hearing about it uh <laughs> stop talking about among us <laughs> um but yeah no but then every other indie game is like i don't know kind of swept under the rug it's just like oh we have we have hades we don't need another indie game who get who cares like we have the indie right. game it's like oh okay and that's 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 a bit sad (laughs) yeah at this point it feels like the model that (laughs) finds success is that an indie game does something and they do it well and the triple a games be like that sounds good so they make their own version pretend they invented it yeah and hey that's it's getting new ideas in there slowly yeah not very classy (sighs) but slowly. yeah yeah i don't know there's again it's Basically, to sum this up, it's the mainstream minimization of uh, gaming as it becomes more and more popular. That- Especially, uh, I probably throw in, those in this year as well, specifically. We are coming off of uh, COVID. We are yeah. still in, but especially coming off of 2020, yeah. there's a lot of staying at home. There's still yeah. a lot of that going on remote work. Yeah. But absolutely. obviously, you know, some studios are back in, in there yes. with the proper precautions. Obviously, the working models 
shaken up from how it has been in previous years. If that's affected a lot of the games that did come out in 2021, it's who's to say, you know, we're not that deep behind the curtain on this stuff. Yeah. Well, I, there's also this year, I feel like there's also been, or sorry, God damn it. Last year, I feel like there's also a lot more focus on the actual working conditions in the industry. Right. So that probably fucked with a lot of games because there was, pro- I feel like a lot more lawsuits and investigations into the working conditions because they're not great at a lot of places. So Or potentially preemptive reorganization yeah. to avoid stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So it could very well be that 2021 was just an amalgamation of unfortunate factors that led to a very, very dry year. Next right. year is looking like it's shaping up to at least have those like big titles again. Are they going to actually be good or not mainstream, boring, whatever, like mediocre, whatever's uh, probably not. I'll be honest. I'm not super right. optimistic, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I'm hoping maybe the trend will reverse itself, but I, I doubt it. <laughs> I feel like we're on the edge of another tipping point here. Yeah. Where it's going to, I feel like there's going to be a make or break coming up with this year, especially because yeah. at this point, it's going to be about nine years since the last of us came out and I'm pointing to the last of us. Like it's the, it's the <laughs> apple, you know, it's the original sin. Yeah. But it's really useful as kind of a touchstone for when this very specific style of game exploded and more importantly, yeah. gaming exploded to the mainstream because of it, because of yeah. the cinematic presentation, because of the production quality, and because of mimicking films. Yeah. I love yeah. films. They need, I, I, oh my God, there was a call. Of, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent. There's a Call of Duty trailer where they brought in some fucking guy that makes movies to fucking like help them make their cinematics. Except what they did then was put all the cool and interesting stuff in the cinematics and then did nothing for the fucking gameplay. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Stop making games movies. Yeah. Fuck. Like, at least in The Last of Us Part 1, I don't think they really... There are obviously some cool things in cutscenes, but for the most part, a lot of it was still gameplay. Or at least where um, it counted. Yes, where it counted, it was still gameplay. But people... But, like, they've other people that take inspiration that from that has fucking missed the message that you can still have cool stuff. Just don't, like, let the players play it. That's the point of a fucking right. video game. Please stop doing cool shit and cutscenes and stuff like, wow, I wish I could play that. I should never say that in your game. I should never say that. Right. And that's why it, I feel like we're kind of teetering on another potential tipping point here where it's going to be at the point where this has been the model for so long that I feel like it's going to start even becoming familiar to more casual players who only dip into the very, you know, the big Sony yeah. game, the big $70 one. I got to get yeah. this one. And so I feel like this oh, is going to be the year, and maybe even next year too, definitely in the next one to two years, there's going to be a tipping point. And it's going to figure out, is this model still bankable? Yeah. And if they it's were- proven not, then hopefully we start seeing more of that innovation that you're so desperately clawing for. Yeah. Uh, God, I hope out so. Over time. Oh my God. Game of Thrones and The Last of Us have been a bit, have been like the big influx, like the show Game of Thrones. Where like the big influxes of getting a lot of regular, a lot of normies into like the nerd slash game culture. And I'll say this, I'm not even that super big into nerd culture. Like I'm not a huge, like specifically with like, I, I do want to play D&D and, and like 
I have a group that's been like, yeah, well, like they've been threatening to play it, but we haven't actually done anything. Um, it's a list. Yeah, but I'm not like super like I'm not a big comic collector. I'm not a figurine collector. Like I'm not that super deep. It's a watch list. But it's <laughs> it's the <laughs> it's, oh, the, oh. <laughs> it's the thing of like I don't know. And it's very, it, I don't know. Sorry. It just, it annoys me when people that have only played The Last of Us or only people that have seen Game of Thrones, the show, act like they're authority figures in that culture, I suppose. Like, it's fine if you want to be part of it. And we definitely want to have you in here. We want you to get deeper because there's a lot of cool shit. But it's it's something where people, when they act like they are an authority on it, it, like really irks me. And I think that's something else that's been a big part of this less innovation stuff where companies are hiring people that act like they know what they're talking about and they have no idea. Um, I hate people like that. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening to our game of the years. We yeah. Our, uh, sorry, that was end all arbitrations. Yeah, sorry. That well, no, because that was something. That was just one last thing I noticed that there was a lot of people that didn't seem like they were being that are actually a part of like the gaming community being consulted on their opinions about the gaming community and like what the gaming community needs. And it's just like, why are you asking them? Well, there's I, also you know the reality is they just don't care as much. And that's not to say yeah. like no, they don't no. care. They don't what like it's the the things that annoy me about some of the games this past year. Rift apart, cough cough. Oops, I did that out of order. <laughs> They're not going to hurt anybody. No, like, who's just playing yeah. casually, especially considering the majority of the audience. I'm willing to bet has played one Ratchet and Clank game before this. That's yeah. an awful reboot. I'm betting they played that. But even yeah. still, I call it awful. A lot of people probably don't care. It's probably their first Ratchet game. And honestly, because of it, they're not going to be bothered by it. Yeah. And I th- again, I am not at all against people wanting to join uh, wanting to join, join us, us, wanting to come into. No, because I there's a lot of really cool shit that uh, like a lot of people would actually probably thoroughly enjoy if they were able to delve deeper into it. I just get annoyed when someone comes into my community and then talks to me like I don't know what I'm talking about or they know better than me for something that I've been a part of for years. Like you specifically, you can fuck off. That just, yeah, that annoys me. And there's just so many and again, this is just because it's been a trend this last year. There's so many articles and co- decisions that companies make where they listen to people that ha- that have no connection to their community and they go off of those people's decisions and give a big middle finger to their actual fan base. And it just it's just so frustrating to see. It's so frustrating. Speaking of which, that reminds me, this was also a year that in not in super copious amounts, but definitely near the tail end. What's definitely, it's going to present another tipping point, And I hope we actually don't get to that point. I hope we avoid that. A lot of game studios are talking about doing some like dumb shit, like NFTs and stuff. Oh my God. Oh and getting my into God. blockchain infrastructures. Like the president of Square Enix recently had a whole new year's letter <laughs> about potentially <laughs> getting into that field. Stalker 2 
was like, hey, be an NFT in the game. And then they rightfully kind of shut it, it got, down. Yeah. Because it got bl- ass slammed on everything. <laughs> yeah. I Ubisoft's also, Quartz is something they're trying to flog. Like what? you can get the Ubisoft's got a whole thing set up about NFTs where you can like I forget what it Stop. is, but Stop. you could play like six hundred hours and get like Stop. a helmet from Ghost Stop. Recon. Exactly, Logan. <laughs> this this I want to say this now because I don't want to be talking about this same time next year. <laughs> NFTs are the dumbest dumb ever devised. And this this is going to push gaming even further towards its money hungry, just not, anti-player attitudes. Yeah. And it should it does not belong. I do not want to be sitting here talking about this next year. Yeah, I feel like that's also a trend is where companies are starting to think that they're too big to fail and they don't have to really care about their play. Not every company, right. not every company, but there's definitely some out here that give that vibe off of we don't give a shit about you. We know you're going to buy it because you're stupid idiot baby babas. Right. I, I well, guess, the tokenization guess... of games is just pure products that yep. they exist exactly. because they deliver money to my open baby mouth. <laughs> I want to suck on $500 bills. Yeah. No, yeah, that's definitely a trend. It's 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 a bastardization of it, and it's honestly it's it's so right. sad. And it's like worse than just commodifying art. It's like commodifying the commodification process yeah. in general. There's a box to tick, so I'm gonna tick it. That's exactly. All, yeah. That's the only reason. So, yeah. Well, this went on a bit longer of a tangent than I intended. <laughs> Sorry about that, but whatever <laughs> but it's been a strange just, year it has been a strange year and so those i mean i said a tangent but the we were talking about the trends we've noticed and those are trends that have been happening over at least the last couple of years um which for, it, I, it, it makes me worried sometimes about the future of I mean, because we'll always have small game studios like pushing new stuff out and cooler stuff. But in terms of like the big budget stuff, I am a bit I, 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 I'm worried in the direction that they're going. They don't seem to be going in a good direction with either the very formulaic that they seem to be uh, styles that they're sticking to. And then the companies themselves, I don't like a lot how a lot of them are um, treating their player base and their employees for that matter. So. <laughs> So. There are definitely some practices that uh, it's more than one red flag raised, more than three yeah. red flags raised, yeah, more than a whole bouquet of red flags raised. Yeah. But I've I've thought about this question a lot actually about you know mm-hmm. am I concerned about gaming right now the state of gaming? Yeah, and honestly, I'm not. I'm not too concerned yeah. because actually, when you think about it, gaming is still young. It doesn't seem like it should be. It's getting older by the minute. Yeah, but really, gaming as we know it is still young. To the respect that, do we even have a firm definition of it yet? Yeah. Like what makes a game? Like films have been around for hundreds of years, but gaming yeah. is still figuring itself out. Yeah. There's still a sure. lot of thought about what makes a game work. And right now, gaming's in an adolescent phase. And like yeah. a lot of adolescents, it's confused. Yeah. It's figuring itself out. It's going with what people seem to like. And it's leaning into those things. Yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, you're going to get more people thinking critically about games and what makes good games. Yeah. And it'll be a gradual transition, but eventually you'll have that injection of people who are really thinking about games 
and people are going to be thinking about new ways to make games, new ways to experience things through games. You know, so I think in time we're going to, we're going to be okay. Yeah, I think, yeah. But you know, what's actually one positive that I think has been kind of coming out of this trend is that a lot of the stuff we're talking about is very specifically focused on Western games, like in our hemisphere of like the publishers that are specifically Western. I feel like there's been a rise of like Eastern games, like more so because they're one, you know, the gaming is becoming more mainstream and that and becoming more global. So a lot more of like stuff that may have been like something that I don't know, would have stayed in, you know, like China or Japan or Korea or whatever are being kind of pushed out more globally. Right. And there's a lot of really cool asian like developed games out there dungeon fighters online is a chinese developed game genshin impact is a chinese developed game um jrpgs are japanese rpgs that's what they are that's why they're called jrpgs and i feel like they've been they've been getting more of a foothold in the western sphere and that's really cool because that is that is people that have very different cultures very different ideas and it's getting exposed over here for sure. And it, it's cool to see those like take off and get praised because, Hey, this works. Like this is super cool. It's right. also, and it's, it can be a very nice change of pace. Um, well, even back and, in the day, you'd see things in like the NES and even still into the fifth generation yeah. of the PS1 era of localizations. that's not happening. Yep. Absolutely. Like for games sure. just mm-hmm. wouldn't stay in their countries yep. and not move. And that's yeah. not something it, I mean, it might probably still happens today with stuff like certain indie games. Yeah. Yeah, but generally less, I think. And that is really cool to see. Like you don't you wouldn't release a fire emblem just in Japan these days. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And that's the other cool thing. Sorry. And sorry, I just want to because I want to say this because it's also really cool to see different cultures when they make something about you. You know what I mean? Dark Souls, for instance, and Dark Souls is made by from software a japanese game company but they tell stories or their focus is on usually as far as i can tell european based like uh not mythology but very european um setting uh, iconography yeah iconography bloodborne is all like lovecraftian stuff and lovecraftian was like a super racist like <laughs> western <laughs> person and it's super cool to see pre- people of other cultures taking that and being like we're gonna make something really cool with it and then ghost of tsushima for instance that was made by a western company about japan and a lot of people over in japan for as i'm pretty sure like really liked it so it's really cool to see everyone kind of being like we can take other cultures and then represent them in our games and then like seeing what that is. Like that's super cool. Like they even set up a tourist I, I, thing with Sucker Punch based on the, the yeah. of Tsushima. They reached yeah. out. They have a whole I, campaign together. I feel like it because I feel like honestly, sometimes when it's a different culture, like representing your own, I feel like sometimes the other people that aren't part of it actually respect your culture more than a lot of people that are actually in it. And it's just, it's so cool to see it's, I don't know. It's so cool to see that. So yeah, no, that is, that is a positive that I'm really glad is happening. Um, Gaming's become so much more connected. I hope the last of us syndrome does not, I I hope the last of us syndrome though, does not spread to those other places that don't have it yet. I will say that. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that I hope that is something that does not happen. I we don't we don't need more. We don't need more. Right. <laughs> so, 
Well, that's the hope that we will uh, gravitate more towards understanding games as games and not no. just like, look yeah. at this cinematic experience. Yeah. God, please no more of that. We have enough right. of it as it is. Well, which <sighs> is something that it's happened before too. It's worth mentioning, especially early on when there's this <clears throat> obsession, like really like the first proper generation leap to 3D graphics and stuff like that. Yeah. When you see a bunch of games focusing on that presentation, even bleeding into the PS2 era. Yeah. But then PS, that PS2 era begat some of the best games of all time. Silent Hill 2, Shadow of the Colossus, and Purchase Hands of Time. Yep. And yeah. so the, the hope is that we are uh, on the incline. And I hold that hope. Yeah, that's the hope. I, I'm probably not as optimistic as you, but that's, that is the hope. <sighs> It may be okay. a slow climb, but I'm not worried about okay. gaming. This might have been a dry year. Yeah. But I'm not worried. Well, shit. <laughs> you know, before we started this episode, I was talking to Scott, and I was just like, man, this is probably going to be like a half an hour episode, and, you know, and that's fine. We're just like, yeah, you know, it'll be short and sweet. Uh, nope. <laughs> that was wrong. I blame Logan. I also blame me. Uh. I blame the fact that we decided to talk about the trends that we noticed in the last year because that was just a big cake of yeah. fuck that <laughs> there's a lot. We extended a bit about. past the year, truthfully. But yeah, this year was re- it's years, really, trends, again, yeah. kind of like a tipping point, so to speak. Like this has been built up to for a while. Yeah. So before we go down another rabbit hole, um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping this up. Uh, hey, if you're still here, thanks for listening. Or if you, hey, if you clocked out after the fadies and the accom- accomplices, I think, whatever you said yours was. Hey, fair enough. <laughs> that was the original <laughs> plan. So everything else after that point was just... I guess you could either consider it gravy or you could consider it shit. I suppose it depends on if you like it or not. Um. <laughs> suppose it depends on your diet. Yes, exactly. But yeah, so thank you, Scott, for joining me on this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, yeah, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna say we're, we will talk to you uh, next week. And yeah, talk at you next week if you have any new year's resolutions try and stick with them give up give up <laughs> <laughs> no nah, i believe in you yeah Keep going. Uh, i believe slightly less but <laughs> thanks for listening we will talk at you next week goodbye <laughs>